What is up, Adam? What's How up, man? Doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Great to see you again on this beautiful, what is it, mo- Tuesday afternoon? Tuesday. Tuesday afternoon. Right. Two days before Thanksgiving. Two days before Thanksgiving. Happy pre-Thanksgiving. Everybody who will be listening to this, happy post-Thanksgiving. <laughs> That's when yeah. this will be posted. Yeah, this will be out in about two weeks after Thanksgiving. So it'll be it'll be a little, you know, but we're not going to touch on Turkey Day too much. Um, but I I want to I want to give us a shout out because uh, at the beginning we weren't talking over each other. We're, hey, we're starting, you know, we're getting better. We're, we're starting to get our lives together a little bit. So that's good. <laughs> um, t- uh. t- today's podcast, um, we're going to be talking about beverages for the changing season, fall winter edition. Um, so we're going to be kind of talking about, you know, a bunch of different uh, hot and some cold cocktails that'll keep you warm as the uh, weather starts to turn cold. I know it's already like I'm down in Georgia and uh, the last couple of days has been in like the 30s and 40s. So people are Thank freaking you, out down here. It's freezing. Yeah, it's cold. And people are freaking out, which I think is so funny because, uh, you know, like people are wearing winter coats and stuff and um you know coming into the restaurant that i work at and they're like god it's so it's like winter out there and i'm like y'all are from down here aren't you like it's this is not that cold i mean it's it's chilly it's cold but like there's no snow you don't have to worry about all that stuff so just maybe maybe calm it down a little bit um you should but yeah, just think, invite them up to valparaiso next time yeah <laughs> yeah because they've already got snow up there they got like a couple inches of snow on saturday um I know I was watching the Notre Dame football game and uh, uh, dogs must know we're recording, by the way. Always. They're, they they always know them. when we're recording. They weren't barking at all like when we were talking before uh, the podcast. And now that we're recording, they're just going crazy. Um, yeah. But that's all right. Um, but anyway, I was watching the uh, the Notre Dame football game on Saturday. And uh, in the third quarter, it went from like like sunny and no snow and then by the time the third quarter was over there's snow all over the field it, was, it looked like a blizzard it was crazy um, That's wild. i know so i'm i don't miss that at all um but yeah so we're gonna be kind of touching on you know some some hot and cold cocktails uh some different liqueurs that we really like uh some non-alcoholic uh hot cocktails or hot beverages that you can enjoy uh, and then we'll kind of wrap it up with uh, some really great fall winter wines, as well as um, kind of transitioning from those clear spirits to more of uh, brown spirits. Um, again, as as the weather gets cold, because those will uh, help keep you warm a little bit. So um, before we jump into it, what are you sipping on today, Mason? Uh, today I am sipping on just a mocha uh, coffee with chocolate. Nice. Uh, made it really easy today with um, some Hershey's uh, kisses that I just melted in the microwave with some half and half and then stirred it up into a nice little cocktail of just chocolate syrup half and half and then added my coffee on top. Nice. Really easy. What about nice. yourself? I'm drinking a little uh, espresso half and half and a little bit of uh, maple syrup today. Mm. So. Uh, I'm usually like a black coffee or maybe like a a cappuccino every once in a while, but I'm kind of digging this like slightly sweet coffee uh, experience that I'm having right now. So I might be, I might be a, uh, a maple syrup. Yeah. I might be pulling an elf speaking of holiday movies, you know, Uh, Ooh, that was one of the best classic. Will Ferrell putting uh, maple syrup all over spaghetti and stuff. And some Skittles um, and M&M's and all the other shit that they threw on top All that of it. sweet shit. Cool <laughs> I, I freaking love that movie, though. It, it is so funny. Um, all right. You want to... Uh, you're you're more of, I would say, the hot cocktail expert. Um, so I'm going to let you kind of take away uh, some of your favorite uh, winter beverages. Yeah. Uh, so jumping right in, uh, starting off with kind of more of the cold cocktail. Um, this one's called the Alexander. Uh, it's pretty simple, equal parts of gin, um, creme de cacao, and a little bit of cream. Um, you can use either half and half or heavy cream, um, depending on your thickness that you want. 
basically the idea of that is just to be a nice sipper. Um, this can be a heated cocktail. Uh, it is preferred to be served cold. Um, but you know, if you're looking for something during the holiday season where it's just chocolatey and herbaceous, this is your go-to cocktail. I would say I have these maybe once a year, not my, one of my tops, but one of my, uh, easy go-to's that's easy to drink um and then if you like eggnog i which i do um but it is a time-consuming you know process to make a classic eggnog uh, my uh go-to is a flip cocktail and basically that's a whole egg mixed with demerara sugar half an ounce and then your choice of spirit two ounce prefer two ounce pour um my preferred is always whiskey uh, for this and you just shake it hard um, dry shake it and then shake it over ice um, and then uh, double strain it and this basically creates um, almost like an eggnoggy style of cocktail that mm. is really easy for like a single serve rather than having to make a huge batch yeah and i like that you brought up like the the dry shake and then the wet shake after and then the double strain um because when I was kind of, and that that's the, the cool thing about making cocktails is there's no like one correct way of, you know, doing it. Because I, I was always taught uh, wet shake, which means shaking with ice first. And then you essentially strain that cocktail back into the tin. You remove most of the ice. Uh, you let the, the cage on the Hawthorne strainer uh, be open a little bit. So you get some of those little ice shards in the, in the cocktail and then you reshake it dry, even though it's not totally dry because there's still like little pieces of ice you shake it until all that ice is gone and then you double strain it through uh like a tea um a tea strainer so it's a just kind of another way to get that like frothy texture um it warms it up a little bit um you know because you're kind of like just shaking with little ice pieces until it's gone as opposed to like wet shaking and then serving um but you can i i tend to find you get a little bit of more of that like whipped like frothy texture because you're not really like beating up the uh the egg uh whites too much but either way um you know it really it's kind of up to you um but that's you know there's no uh there's two ways to uh to make a flip i guess you could right. say which is not a <laughs> thing at all but um <laughs> why not you know, it's a new be, saying now you've created it yeah it's there's standards stand ways, that right ways now to make a flip yeah, it's gonna be that's gonna be on a t shirt coming up soon. So sounds good. Um, I like that. Two ways to make a flip. <laughs> well, so yeah. if you if you want to, you know, because because I'm glad you mentioned eggnog. Because um, I also I do like eggnog. I haven't had it in a couple of years because it is a little bit of like a time consuming, um, you know, thing to make. Um, yeah. And it's a lot of ingredients. So I, I, I want to hear like, I know you have a, a really great eggnog um, recipe. So run us through yeah. um, that recipe and kind of how, um, you know, how it's made. And uh, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, so hold on one sec. Got to get that coffee going. Uh, eggnog recipes uh, are a lot of fun. Uh, they are time consuming, but when you make eggnog yourself versus buying it out of the store, it com it tastes completely different. And it's just super, super delicious, I think, when you personally make it um, because it's just a lot more rich and creamy. Um, and eggnog can be made alcoholic or non-alcoholic. Preference for me is alcoholic, but, mm. you know, yep. and it, it, if you just remove the um, spirit components um for making eggnog you basically have made yourself a non-alcoholic eggnog um so going right in to my eggnog recipe and it's not mine directly it's stolen which is the best way to uh do <laughs> recipes honestly is steal and rebrand yeah <laughs> two separate locations kind of combined in my own fashion to make um my eggnog style um, so one of the recipes supposedly comes from George Washington, the original, the very beginning, the creator, the help of the creator of this country, the United States. Um, his recipe plus our recipe that we used at Gramercy Tavern, the restaurant I worked at in New York City. Um, I kind of just played with the recipes, uh, combined what I thought was best 
um, and made this a few different times till I really liked this recipe. Um, but this recipe again is a big batch cocktail that I'm about to explain, not, um, small one. So if you want to make it, make it all in half. And then I think Adam will post this as well. So y'all can really easily find this recipe. Yeah, I'll, I'll uh, post the, I'll post the recipe. And then if I can figure out how I'll do like a little, you know, a little thing that you can click on in the video um, that will, will link you to a page on our website where I'll have all these recipes. But um, at the very least, if I can't figure that out, it'll be in the bio of both uh, the YouTube video and also the, um, the Spotify or wherever you stream um, bio. Yeah, love it. So my recipe, one quart heavy cream, one quart whole milk, half a cup of sugar, 12 medium eggs or eight extra large eggs or 10 large eggs, two cups of brandy, one cup of rye whiskey, one cup of dark rum, half a cup of sherry, preferred to be sweet or that kind of style. Zippy mm -hmm. is one of my favorite styles as well, like lightningy sweet and like has like a lot of acidity still in it. Um, and then one uh, teaspoon of nutmeg and one teaspoon of cinnamon. You're welcome to add any other kind of fall spices as well. Um, but those are my preferred two that really complement each other really well. Um, so to do this cocktail and you want to do this ahead of schedule because your base needs to rest for 24 hours minimum. Otherwise it just doesn't come out right. You can of course try it out, but you know, while you're making it, but it's just much better for it to just sit and kind of have all the flavors combined really well. Um, but take the egg white or excuse me, the egg yolks and the egg whites and separate them from each other. Beat the egg yolks with the sugar until it comes to this like really bright yellow consistency. Then add the milk and cream and mix it all together. After you've done that, add all the alcohol all together and add it right into that mixture. Then beat the egg whites until they're really hard, stiff peaks. Um, and that's just like, look, you YouTube that real quick. If you don't know what stiff peaks mean, um, but just literally till like you pull up the whisk and uh, the egg yolks, or excuse me, the egg whites just don't move. They just stay in place. Then combine all that together in your full pot mixture. And this is a lot. This is a big, this is a big container. This is a serving, you know, this is for your whole family, whatever you kind of want to do kind of style <laughs> for yourself for a, one long week. <clears throat> Anyways, uh, hey, no judgment. Then, no judgment. I love it. Anyways, and then after you've uh, mixed it all together, wrap it up, put it in the fridge, cover it, let it sit 24 hours, one week, whatever that you need, and then you can start serving. Um, throughout the whole time, recommendation, taste it continuously, one week at a time, you know, the whole time. You enjoy it, and it comes really good. Nice. Which yeah, is that, sounds, that sounds delicious. Um, yeah. It sounds like I need to, to make up a batch. Um, I'm going to have to, I don't know who I'm going to share it with. It might just be me because, uh, <laughs> no one else in my family really drinks, uh, or at least, you know, my family that I live with now, uh, or maybe I'll just make like a half batch or like a quarter batch. Um, yeah. so it's not as, not just as aggressive. Yeah. But it, it sounds delicious. Um, I'm definitely going to try it and, uh, you know, maybe, uh, when you make it this year, or when I make it, we'll do like a little like a little video on it on, uh, on our page. Um, so you can kind of see what it looks like. Uh, we'll, we'll do a little taste test right when it's fresh. And then we'll do a little taste test after 24 hours after it's set up. Um, and kind of, you know, give you the, uh, give you the reasoning why, you know, it's best if you let it sit for that 24 hours and, and let it all marry and be happy. Yeah. Yeah. It so sounds delicious though. Yeah. So that was, um, just, kind of like a combination um, from one of my favorite recipes from that I found in the ether. And then one of my favorite working recipes on uh, those two combined together um, just gave me this, I guess, beautiful, rich style of eggnog. Mm. That but sounds great. Other drinks moving on from eggnog. Um, one of my favorite uh, warm or hot cocktails is the hot toddy. It's pretty simple. Water, whiskey, honey, and lemon. 
Um, you can, of course, add anything else. Like I, I like to add orange juice as well to my hot toddy to give it a little more zip it, zip a, whatever you want to say. Little zip a. Zip a, little zip, little whatever. Um, and I think just the combination of that uh, all together is really, really easy. Um, something for me, probably for most people too, is when you're drinking like hot whiskey, like really hits you really quickly and um, just as really warming already whiskey and then when it's hot it really i don't know about you but really warms my body up and it's just a great cold cocktail sit by the fire um hanging out with your friends if you go out to a party and you just have you enter an awkward conversation if you're sipping on a hot toddy it makes it a little bit easier to get through that conversation and kind of (laughs) move right along you know you know (laughs) you know it's uh what it's all about you know how do you get through the next conversation yeah, and, and that's a that's a good like uh, you know I, it hasn't come out yet. It'll come out tomorrow. But uh, we talked a lot about that in our in our podcast uh, episode twenty six uh, about those like weird ass conversations that you have you know after COVID and stuff like that. So a hot toddy with the the hot whiskey and and everything you know it'll make those uh, those bizarre conversations or those bizarre interactions you have less uh, or maybe not less bizarre but a little bit more palatable if you will. <laughs> you know the holiday season comes around you start interacting with friends family you know family members you haven't seen in a while friend family members you do or don't like you know you know all that combination you just oh yes yeah that I understand that I that you. reminds me I, I <laughs> so i have a story about that so i i, I was at work last night and there's this little kid running around the restaurant and uh, his dad was chasing him around. It was a nightmare, but uh, <laughs> he goes, the, the kid like runs into one of our like semi-private rooms and there's like a curtain and the kid pulls open the curtain and just shrieks like so loud. It was just like oh. this high pitched shriek. And the, the dad like, you know, grabs him and like picks him up and takes him wherever they were sitting. And he, uh, this guy comes out of the room and he's like, yeah, that's, that's how I react when I see my family too. And he was like, it was like a family reunion that he was like, he like walked out and he's like, yeah, that's how I react when I see my family too. And, uh, and I just, I was standing up there talking to the host team and I just died laughing. Uh, cause you know, like they could have been like, you know, what the hell is that? But I just like, they just rolled with it. And like that reaction was like, the you best. Know, kid screamed. He came out like two seconds later and said that. And I just, I was, I was dead. Oh. Uh, the show is so funny. So that's yeah, the, great. The holidays bring out, you know, the best in people, but it also brings out, you know, the not best in people too. So, uh, you know, those, these hot cocktails will, will warm your, warm your soul and make you feel a little bit, uh, you know, better about, you know, whatever your situation is, uh, and, and who you spend the holidays with. So, yeah. um, do you have <laughs> another hot cocktail that you enjoy drinking? Yeah. So I'm not a huge, um, you know, hot cocktail fan. I don't drink a whole lot of them. Um, maybe I'm going to start after this. Um, but it, it's something that for me, um, I'm, a, I'm, you know, sometimes you have to be careful when you're making hot cocktails and, and making sure they're balanced. Um, because obviously alcohol is hot, meaning it's uh, got heat to it, maybe not temperature wise, but it's, it's got that burning sensation. So as soon as you heat it up, um, it, it kind of pulls out all those like hot alcohol notes even more. Um, so if you're not careful about balancing and making sure that you maybe cut back a little bit on the whiskey, um, or whatever spirit you're using, um, it can be very hot and it can get you drunk extremely fast. So I don't drink a whole lot of, of, of hot cocktails, but if I do, I typically will make like a mold wine or a hot sangria, um, you can easily make it with uh, white or red wine. Um, I typically think that white wine works a little bit better when you're making a cold sangria, um, because uh, when you're a lot of the times when you're making a cold sangria, you're going to be using like fruit juices, um, you know, maybe like some some lemon lime soda or Sprite or something like that, and it's more like fresh and citrusy and things like that. Um, when you're making hot sangria, I think red wine typically works a little bit better because it stands up to some of the spices that you're going to put in, um, the hot sangria. Um, so typically I'll look for like a little bit fuller bodied, but a a little lighter in alcohol wine. So maybe something that's like 12 and a half, 13%, but has like a nice amount of like tannins and body to it. 
Um, Merlot is a great wine to use because it has kind of like a fruity note already. Uh, you can use Cab. You know, you really, you can use anything you want, but those are just kind of my uh, recommendations. You don't necessarily want to get the most expensive wine, but you also don't want to get like, you know, box Dirty. wine. I mean, you could, but um, remember, it's uh, when you heat things up, it brings out, you know, the the good things and it brings out the not so good things in those wines. So I typically will find something that's, you know, maybe 10, 12 bucks a bottle, um, you know, something that's not overly expensive, but, um, you know, something that's maybe not like the lowest of the low. Um, and then I'll typically heat that. Uh, the best way to do it I found is in a crock pot, um, because you can put the mm. lid on and when you heat it up, the alcohol will slow, like start to kind of evaporate a little bit, but when it hits the, uh, the lid of the crock pot, it basically condenses and, and falls back down into it. So you don't have to worry about like burning off the alcohol when you're, when you're heating it up. Um, I'll typically oh, put yeah. like. Yeah, it, it's nice. And it's and in that way, it like heats it up slowly, you can keep it in there, like you can store it in there and, um, you know, just scoop it with a ladle and keep it hot for your party. Um, so harder, I'll put, not smarter, chef. That's right. No, work smarter, not harder. What? Yeah, you said you, you said, <laughs> yeah, work harder, said not smarter. yeah, no. So it's yeah, work smarter, not harder. Um, you know, and then, uh, or like in, if you're in a restaurant setting, cause I used to make a hot sangria at, at our restaurant. Um, I would actually put it in sous vide bags. Um, so like vacuum seal it and then put it in a sous vide and it keeps it hot again while not allowing the alcohol to, to evaporate. But, um, the at home version of a sous vide is typically a, a crock pot because it stays very consistent temperature wise. Um, so then I'll put cinnamon sticks. I'll put, um, you know, like either black pepper or like if you can get some like tricolored, uh, peppercorns, it's really nice. Um, you can do like orange peel, lemon peel. Um, you know, I typically will use more of like the peel, um, not so much of the juice in, in a hot sangria. <clears throat> and then I love using bitters too. Uh, so like Angostura bitters or orange Angostura, uh, they make some really great um, mole bitters. So it's going to have like kind of like a, a <clears throat> excuse me, a Mexican chocolate um, aroma, which works well with red wine. Um, you know, you can really kind of like with the um, the eggnog, you can kind of throw whatever spices. Cardamom is good. Uh, cloves are nice. Um, so, you know, you can kind of add whatever spices and you just kind of let it heat up and then serve it. Maybe serve it with some fresh citrus, uh, like some orange slices or something like that. And uh, I love getting like a, the tempered glass uh, coffee mugs that you can, you, you know, you can see through them, but they're heat proof. So you're not going to like burn your hand. Um, they make some really nice plastic ones, too, that are like the double double lined plastic uh, coffee cups. Um that way you can see the the, the beautiful uh, um, sangria that you've made, um, but it doesn't, you know, uh, burn you or you put in like a, a water glass or something and it gets really hot. So, um, you know, if, if I drink hot cocktails, typically it's going to be uh, a mold wine or, or a hot sangria. And that's kind of my, uh, my recipe. I'll, again, maybe it'll be down here, maybe it'll be up, up above. Uh, but there'll be a link to, uh, kind of see these, these recipes and things like that. So, um, so that's kind of, uh, where we're at in the, uh, the warming cocktails, whether it's cold or hot. Um, but let's move on to, uh, some liqueurs, uh, that are really nice during the, uh, the winter or the fall season. Yeah. Um, so one of my favorite categories, liqueurs, um, something about having a little sweetness with your alcohol is always just nice it's something that can make a splash in any kind of party or uh just make something a little bit different or make any drink you're enjoying more enjoyable i guess um so some of the top brands uh that we've talked about before or one that we've talked about before is tia maria you know coffee liqueur uh we had it back in college and i think it was a staple of our trunk um, oh, yeah. which was always delicious. Uh, easy in the to-go cup for the coffee in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And just enjoyed it a little bit more. Uh, other brands like Tia Maria Kahlua, a uh, fantastic coffee brand. And then there's a category or a brand maker 
um, called the Leopold Bros. They make just like standard, um, easy drinking liqueurs. Like I'm pretty sure they make one in every single category, uh, coffee, Amaro, apple, non cherry. I don't, I can't even think of all the ones that they probably make. Um, but they do a really great job for, uh, just a cheaper style, easy to add to anything kind of liqueurs. Um, I don't know other liqueurs that are probably top favorites. Um, Amaretto, Bailey's, Rum mm. Chata, Frangelico, Sambuca. Uh, with those Bailey's, you know, being cream, uh, another really easy add to any coffee drink. Uh, Irish good morning, coffee. Irish coffee, a good evening. Uh, Rum Chata, I think, is my favorite um, Christmas specific mm. liqueur. Like, just like that into your coffee in the morning. It's yep. just like, mm. oh and, my gosh. And it also, it also makes, cause I'm a, I drink coffee like all day long. Um, I'm like, a, I'm like an espresso and, and coffee junkie. Um, so those, uh, those liqueurs, uh, like Bailey's rum chata. Um, there's also a really good one, uh, made by Florida Kanya. It's called, I think it's called espresso um liqueur and it's like an, es- an an espresso liqueur um and that one's really nice too um but i think those kind of make the that afternoon coffee a little bit more fun um you know maybe it's it's that little bit of sweetness or the little bit of kick that you get from the the alcohol in those things but especially around the holidays when you're not working you're with family um maybe you think it's a little bit too early to crack open a beer or to have a glass of wine uh, so you're like, I'm going to have one more coffee and then you take it, you know, to the side and you, you pour a little, you know, some Bailey's <laughs> or some rum chata in there just to make that coffee. And honestly, and if, nobody you know, knows. Yeah, nobody <laughs> knows. Or, you know, for some families, like when I'm home, uh, you know, especially on Christmas morning, my mom's like, you want some rum chata in your coffee? And I'm like, hell yeah, it's yep. nine o'clock. You know, we just open gifts, all that stuff. And, uh, you know, starting the starting the day off right. So I, I love those. Um, I will say I'm not like a, a huge Sambuca fan. Um, I know you brought it up and, and it would be wrong to not bring it up. But um, for those who don't know, Sambuca is an anise and uh, licorice liqueur. Um, <clears throat> and it's very strong, very strong. Uh, so if you don't like black licorice, you probably won't like Sambuca. Um, and typically you serve it with, uh, like typically it's served with three, um, coffee beans or three espresso beans, like floated in the top. Um, three is like a good luck number. Uh, I'm not really sure the origins of the three coffee beans, but it's like how you're, you have to serve it that way. Um, so it's, but it's very strong. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Sambuca either. It's just. It's yeah. too strong sometimes, but I do enjoy drinking it when it's chilled properly and just sipping on that. Yeah, it, it's definitely like a once a year for me thing. Like, and it's it's really like I'll try a sip and I'll be like, "Ooh, no, I don't like that." Because uh, I'm not <laughs> a huge like, black I'll, I'll sip again. Do I not really like that? Yeah, and I I love amaros, so it's not like that that thing that you know worries me like i love amaros it's just black licorice i don't like so like my go-to's if i'm gonna drink amaros definitely fernet bronca um classic love fernet um it's also great in cocktails too like you can do i know i always talk about negronis um you know or boulevardier you could probably do this with two instead of the campari you do um you know your fernet bronca and it makes definitely um, at, when I do a Negroni that way, I'll ask, I'll ask the bartender to like, can you put some, um, like mole bitters in it as well? And it kind of rounds it out, excuse me. And, um, you know, like I, I love Fernet. Um, that's kind of one of mine or the, uh, Amaro Montenegro you had at your bachelor party. Um, just like drinking that, like in the summer with soda water, but in the winter, just like drinking that straight up is, is really nice. Um, yeah. that's kind of a nice, uh, that's a little bit sweeter of an Amaro, but, um, still really, really nice. Yeah. Uh, I'm a really big fan of Fernet as well. Um, just like the, I guess, Alpine style, mm-hmm. um, way of it just kind of making it digestive. Um, it's just really delicious. And then I don't know really where it came about. 
where Fernet became such a big thing for the rest, specifically for the restaurant related industry. But like when I, I like the first, after the first year in New York, like everywhere I went out, like every person I went out with from my restaurants, like would order a shot of Fernet as your first drink and your last mm-hmm. when you walk in and when you leave. And yeah, that also was like a sm- slight hint to the bartender that we're in the industry. Right. Yeah. And it, it's crazy. Like, it's not crazy, but it's also cool to hear about that. Cause I, I didn't know, you know, cause I always like wonder what, what industry people drink in each city. Cause in Chicago, it's the same way. If you're in the industry, you're doing like Miller high life or, um, you know, old style or something like that. Like a, kind of a Midwestern, like a light beer and for yeah. um, or Malort, which is nasty, but, um, <laughs> You know, so it's it's cool to hear like New York is is, you know, still on that Fernet train. I'm sure you, there's different beers that you'll drink instead. But, um, you know, I, I love Fernet and it, it takes me back to, you know, those work until three or four in the morning and going to a bar and closing it down with with Fernet and Miller High Life. So, yeah. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's good. Um, you know, again, not for everyone because it's very like eucalyptus and mint forward. Um, I will say I don't really like the, the Fernet Branca, the menthol one, uh, mentha, I think it's called. It's a little bit too minty for me. It has like a toothpaste kind of characteristic to it, which is mm. maybe a little bit too much for me. I don't um, think I've had that one yet. It's, it's aggressive. Uh, Heard that. It, it's like a, a Fernet Branca on like mint steroids. Mm. All right. yeah, it's, well, it's too, it's too minty for me. Yeah, give I'll, it a I'll shot. You might like it, but uh, you know it's it's definitely aggressive tasting. Um, so for me, it's, like it. it's not. Uh, it's not. Is there any other um, liqueurs or or cordials that you want to give a shout out to? Uh, the only other one that I absolutely adore um, is called Pomo, and it's just an apple liqueur mm-hmm. uh, that I can drink anytime and anywhere all the time. It's just if you haven't, if you don't know Pomo, it's just an literally just like i think it's described as sweet wine i think that's how it has to be labeled here in america because mm-hmm. it's made in the same style as winemaking but is a liqueur because um it's i think it's 25 percent um okay. of course that could range um so technically it's outside the category of uh wine and really not in the category of full liquor um because it also is sweetened as well um so it's almost like a cordial yeah it's definitely a cordial and so it fits into this category i always drink it straight up or on a rock and just that's my favorite way to do it um it's a great mixer as well but most of the time if you have pomo it's meant to be drank by itself pomo is like designed for itself you kind of just pop the bottle in the freezer or in the fridge so that's served chilled but i like a little rock on it because it adds a little bit of water to it and expresses a little bit more of the apple flavor yeah and but, i, I want to kind of like while we're on the apple apple train um let's yeah. talk about cider oh i um, like that yes because you know that transition man and then i just that ruined it with saying about you know how good the transition was but whatever it doesn't uh, matter we're yeah, having a good time that's that's yeah. how I do, man. Um, but yeah, cider is is something that you know, especially like now we're this getting to the year. point where the cider is like apples are you know it's kind of getting towards the end of their harvest season. Um, but you know, like apple cider, um, whether it's hot or cold, or spiked or not spiked, or you know, uh, kind of more of like a, a carbonated cider, like you'd get from you know, like Was a it Martin, Orchard Martin or, Martinelli's or. You know, the big non-alcoholic oh, uh, yeah. eats in every grocery store. Yeah, What's I don't know what that brand, brand is. It's not coming. Uh, okay. But yeah, I mean, like apple cider is just so good. Um, it's also great in cocktails, too. Um, but, you know, like I. It was funny because I'm, you know, we were, we were talking about cider before and um, I didn't like maybe I'm just an idiot, but like I didn't realize that like apple cider and apple juice, like the, the really like the main difference is cider is unpasteurized and unfiltered. Whereas apple juice is pasteurized and sweet and I'm sorry, pasteurized and filtered and typically like made in a sweeter style than cider. Um, which is kind of a, it was a fun little thing to learn. Um, 
but yeah, like I, I love cider. Um, you know, it's really great warm or cold, like I said. Um, and if you're going to spike it, I like spiking it with a little bit of rum. Uh, I think rum is very nice, uh, in, in some spiked cider. Um, and then it can be made like, I also love, uh, pear cider too. Um, it's, it's a little bit harder to find. That's more of like a, you kind of have to go to like an orchard that grows pears in order to find pear cider. Um, but if you can ever find it, like it's, it's nice. It's got a little bit more, like to me, it's got a little bit more flavor than, than apple cider, but it's, it's very good too. I like that. That's yeah. I haven't had too many pear ciders. I'm pretty sure the technical term for a pear cider uh, when it is bottled alcoholic wise, it's called Perry. Um, Perry. Hmm. Yeah. Which is a very fun fact. Um, and I don't know where that came from, but just kind of back of the mind beverage class came forward. Perry was one of the name of the pe- uh, pear ciders, which is fun. Um, but I'm a big cider apple drinker or uh, whatever you're kind of feeling. And uh, yeah, I didn't really realize that that fact either that um, unfiltered um, beforehand um, for some reason, I don't know why my mind was going to, you know, spices and things like that. Yeah. That's but where my mind went to. I don't know why, but <clears throat> you know, I'm glad, uh, you know, have that really good differentiation um, and just, I don't know. I can drink cider anytime. Hot, cold, uh, is delicious. Um, Martinelli's apple juice specifically, uh, it's probably my favorite apple juice brand and they can, they make a cider as well. And mm. it's just fantastic. Like I would say it is the best apple juice or apple cider brand on the face of the earth. And I'm, that's a bold statement. I know. But so far that I've had that produces enough for this world to enjoy across uh, across uh, the country and whatnot, they do a really fantastic job. Um, of course, I bet you your local place is much better. I prob- you're probably right. Yeah, but, but when you're making you know, that much cider that's distributed that to like throughout the country, I mean, and to have something that's quality while making a ton, I mean, it's not that's an hard easy to do. Thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, easy. So moving away from cider, uh, one of the other favorite categories is hot chocolate or chocolate milks. Um, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of different ways to make that. I, I don't know about how you feel, um, but, you know, powdered syrup or straight up chocolate are the three categories that I can kind of think of in how you would make hot chocolate. And I don't know about you, but classic swiss miss or whatever nesquik whatever it is that kind of mm-hmm. chocolate powder yep. is childhood right there that just kind of brings you back and like uh, i think you were saying beforehand the dehydrated mush or mushrooms <laughs> dehydrated marshmallows that are in the, the swiss, the swiss miss. miss yeah it's just like boom you know swiss miss doesn't miss Um, it, it, it's very nostalgic because it's like, I feel like all you had to do is like microwave milk and dump the Swiss miss into it and like stir it up. And those little dehydrated marshmallows would like float to the top and hydrate and then melt and have like that, like kind of white, like layer on the top. And it's just like, it's so nostalgic. I mean, you could make it with water, but that's just nasty. Uh, you got to make it with like some sort of milk. Um, Uh. But, you know, like that's obviously like the easiest and the in the most like efficient way of making hot chocolate. Maybe it's not the best, um, you know, because I've had some really great like it's it's just not very rich. Um, it's kind of one dimensional as far as, you know, what you get from from Swiss Miss. And not that that's a bad thing. It's just that's it, it, how it is. That is. Yeah. Um, I think like the chocolate syrup aspect is going to be like the next easiest. Um, Agreed. Because again, you're really just like heating up milk and adding some like Giardelli chocolate syrup or Hershey's or, you know, there's so many different. Uh, mm-hmm. That's my local brand here. There's yeah, and it's, you so know, many different ones. Yeah. And it's, you know, you're basically just heating up that milk, maybe adding a little bit of heavy cream to give it like a little bit more viscosity. Uh, and then just like drizzling in the chocolate syrup, stirring it up and there's your hot chocolate. Um, and then kind of the, to me, like the the ideal or like the cream of the crop with hot cocoa or hot chocolate 
is buying like really high quality, either chocolate chips or like uh, chocolate bars and chopping them up, melting it down with milk and making almost like a really like a thinner ganache um, style uh, hot chocolate. It's really good. I will say like you need a lot less of it though, because it's like super thick, super creamy, uh, super rich. It almost has like that, like chocolate eggnog, like consistency, like with how viscous it can be. Maybe a little less viscous than that, but um, you know, it's it's to me the ideal hot chocolate or, or hot cocoa. But it's obviously a little bit more time consuming. Um, you definitely will need like a recipe for it because you have to have the ratio of like chocolate to to milk and and cream, right? Um, yeah. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. A little sprinkle, right. sprinkle. Um, a little more chocolate. But yeah, what 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 would you say your your go to style is? Definitely that way, melting your own chocolate, adding your your milk or heavy cream or half and half or whatever you can decide as your milk. You could even use alternative. Like I'm big into oat milk recently, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which has been fantastic just to mix with chocolate. Um, but you know, you just kind of heat up the chocolate recommendation devil boiler style when you're heating up or melting chocolate so you don't burn it um i think is the best way to do it and then Mm -hmm. um adding in the milk there um and then just kind of literally just whisking in the milk until um it becomes like 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 adam was saying a ganache um consistency maybe a little thinner than that um, just so you can actually like sip on it and doesn't get stuck <laughs> in your straw. <laughs> yeah. But you know, if you have a straw, um, but yeah, I think that is probably the best way. Um, Hershey's chocolate is classic. Uh, I think is quite sweet. Um, so if you wanted to be able to add your own sweetness to it or kind of change up the flavor profile a little bit, you know, you can always do the, um, unsweetened, uh, chocolate chips that you would get at the grocery store for like baking purposes. Fantastic mm-hmm. way to do it. Then you can kind of add your own sugar to it and then also add in kind of their spices that you want to as well. Like kind of change it up a little bit. It's always fun to do. Um, like one of my favorite things to add to like uh, a hot chocolate is make it more of like a Mexican style hot chocolate where you throw some like chili peppers or chili powder or habanero powder into it and then you're like mm. oh that seems a little oh but if you've had it you're and you've like like that kind of spice component it's really really nice yeah it makes it a little bit more savory too a little yeah. less sweet a little bit more savory and again like i know you mentioned the double boiler but a crock pot is is a great tool um, for making hot chocolate too because you can just dump everything in the crock pot you turn it on low let it do its thing. Um, and you know, it's, it's, you know, also like kind of a foolproof way and you're not, you don't have to worry about burning the chocolate too. So, um, I'm a big fan of crock pots in case you haven't, in case you haven't, uh, uh, noticed, but, uh, you know, it's just, it's a, it's the best way. And then you just plug it in, turn it on before you go to work. And when you get home from work, you've got a big old batch of hot cocoa. So just, which is nice. Well, right, well, let's uh, let's move on to um, kind of some of our, our wine um, styles that we're going to be enjoying as the as the you know seasons change. Um, I will say I'll start with uh, kind of you know in the summer it's a lot more whites, a lot more rosés, a lot more like light bodied wines. Um, in the winter, start to kind of transition into bigger, bolder reds um, because the way we eat in the winter, you know, going to be a little bit uh, more hearty, um, you know, with stews and chili and um, soups, things like that. So you kind of want to have something that's got a little bit more body to it. Um, I'll typically go for, I, I drink a lot more um, old world wines, so wines from Europe than I do wines from uh, the U.S., uh, so I'll go with, I drink a lot of Rioja, a lot of uh, Priorat, uh, which is going to be a Grenache-based wine, um, Barolo, Barbaresco, um, Amarone, um, or other uh, reds from Valpolicella um, are really nice. Um, you know, I, I tend to stick with with bigger, bolder wines uh, in the winter. Um, I'll also say like Champagne, too, or Sparkling Wine, obviously with New Year's, oh, Christmas... 
always it's it's always an option. That's a year round option. Um, but obviously, with uh, the holidays and New Year's and all those kind of things that we celebrate and getting together with family, pop open some bubbles, cheers, enjoy. Um, not saying you need a special occasion or or family in, to be around uh, when you are when you're opening champagne, but you know it's always it gets people in that festive mood. You know, yeah. hearing that. Um, and, and, you know, pouring the bubbles into uh, flutes or, or glasses and just cheersing is, is, is a great way to kind of start it off. And it pairs with so many different foods too, um, and can kind of cut through some of the richness in, in food. So, um, <clears throat> not to get too, you know, in detail about like brands and stuff like that, but, um, you know, I, those are kind of the styles I look for. Um, you know, if you've got any like favorite reds or or wines that you drink in the winter you can always comment on this and, and let us know what you guys are drinking this winter uh that would be great um because we're always looking for for new things to drink uh what what kind of wine styles are you going with always champagne of course that's mm -hmm. just go to i must enjoy um but reds deep the big reds that i'm normally drinking um are like syrah and um spicy yeah cab um not a huge like i don't know i've just have started to grow out of the deep dark reds even during the winter for myself i enjoy them anytime mm -hmm. they're open i'm happy to have a glass and really enjoy whenever uh my wife she picks out um a really delicious dark red uh, it's always fantastic um but um yeah, I just uh, prefer almost always the lighter champagne, whatever kind of styles of wine. But uh, I won't hate on any wines. El yeah. Every wine is a delicious wine unless it's not a good wine. <laughs> every wine is a delicious wine except for most of them. No. Uh, <laughs> it kind of depends. Unless you're buying you know? cheap wine. Uh, no, yeah, I would agree but, with that. It, it really depends on like what you're eating and... and you know, everyone's kind of got their own preference in, in styles of wine right. too. So, um, you I know, normally, you know, transition into spirits. That's my choice late night and going into, um, the colder season, just right up on the rocks or just straight up by itself, you know, even that's kind of my go-to. Yeah. And I think to kind of close out this podcast, just talking about, uh, those winter spirits and typically, uh, you know, during the, Summer, a lot of people will drink uh, clear spirits or uh, lighter colored spirits like, um, you know, Blanco tequilas, vodka, gin, things like that. Once the weather starts to shift, I know a lot of people will typically go uh, into brown spirits. Um, so run us through maybe, you know, some of your, your go-to uh, brown spirits in the winter. Yeah, uh, you know, bourbon, uh, whiskey, both um, American style and uh, Scotch style. Uh, are two different style or completely different styles canadian whiskey um another again uh style of whiskey but um all have small differentiations between them that make them completely different when you really mm. start di diving into it um rye even like if you make a rye from any of the different categories from different places all can taste completely different because you know if they're getting maple filtered from canada then you have that kind of sweetness and roundness from that specifically, or um, you get something from um, Scotland and Scotch style, and it has like that peatiness or uh, whatever that a lot of people just like can't or don't normally enjoy. At least uh, I think it's just because really overpowering style or flavor. Um, and then cognacs and brandies, those kind of like grape made sweet style but mm -hmm. not they're super dry but like i don't know when you drink a lot of the darker spirits and you have um a fruit related uh spirit you notice more sweetness even if it's not actually present like if there's actually zero sugar in it right but i don't know fruit for me when i'm tasting it straight up on a spirit um tastes a lot sweeter than the um grain made spirits yeah um and then there's always dark rum which i know is your favorite category yeah yeah i i typically like if i'm gonna drink spirits uh in the winter i'm i'm more of a rum drinker um 
my go-to definitely um i like florida Kanye rums i love plantation rums and uh you know rum also like there's a lot of really great um value in rum uh you know you can find some vintage rums uh, from plantation uh for 50 60 dollars a bottle which i know seems uh you know it's up there but you also for me like when i buy a bottle of rum that's gonna last me a while um you know whereas spending 60 dollars on a bottle of wine that's gonna last one night um and a lot of the times you're if you're with a bunch of people you know it's gonna last you know you're gonna have to open a couple bottles uh, whereas a bottle of rum you know everyone can take a couple uh, a couple uh shots or, or you know pour a couple of uh, drinks for each person and you're gonna be you know that's gonna be your night um so yeah like half the bottle yeah and you still have half the bottle uh you know depending on how many people you're with but uh yeah. so yeah i i typically will drink, drink yeah <laughs> i'll typically drink more more rum than anything in the winter um and you know just serving it neat or over a big cube um to me is like is the perfect way to serve it so i love it yeah well uh well, should, we, should we wrap this uh this episode 27 up yeah the uh Changing season cocktails, winter and fall edition. Yeah. This has been a great cocktail talk. Uh, what a great beverage podcast we have here, my brother. Yeah. I'm excited probably, for it. I would I would probably say like the best beverage podcast in <sighs> in the world. Ooh, I mean, uh, putting it up there. All right. All right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. We're it's gonna, a, we're gonna it's push the, everybody out of the way now. Yeah, it's the best undiscovered beverage podcast in the world. That how about how about that? that we're shooting right. the shit having a great time yeah shooting the shit having a great time talking beverages both alcoholic and non-alcoholic and uh you know i hope that everyone finds this useful in some way uh, maybe you're looking for an eggnog cocktail or an eggnog recipe now now you've got one uh and it's made by george washington and gramercy tavern and mason somewhere in between like yes. a, a, a three-way eggnog child uh <laughs> fucking so weird but oh, um it's but, fantastic uh, though it's it's rich and it's boozy everybody yeah or you know maybe you're just looking for like some recommendations or some cool new uh cocktails or beverages to, to try uh you know with the with the weather changing so uh yeah i mean i i don't have anything else uh for now um, I'll make sure to, um, add some of these recipes to the bio. I'll do like a little page on the website. Um, so check that out. I'll try to hyperlink it in the video. I don't know if I'm tech savvy enough to do that, but we'll see. Um, but until next time, um, I hope y'all had a great Thanksgiving. I hope y'all have and a reach great, out to us. reach out to us directly, you know, yeah. shoot us a message. We're happy to respond. Show, show some other recommendations we have. If you found something that you need more detail on. Yeah, for sure. DMs. And uh, yeah, slide into our DMs. Um, <laughs> um, but not in that way, just just with beverage recommendations. Um, so yeah, uh, this has been episode uh, 27, Beverages for the Changing Seasons, uh, Fall Winter Edition. Um, you know, make sure, uh, listen to the podcast, watch our podcast, recommend our podcast, uh, you know, to a friend or family, listen to it you know, at Thanksgiving dinner as the background music. I mean, it just <laughs> doesn't get any better than that. Uh, but yeah, until until next time, um, I'm Adam Shoemaker. Mason Aronson here. And we're uh, we're signing off. Uh, we'll we'll see y'all soon. Cheers. <laughs>